Welcome back, everyone, to the latest episode of High School Transcripts. This is your host, Rowan, and this week I'm joining you on the road, but back in the studio, we have my co-host. I'm the co-host, Burden, back in the studio. Uh, we're here with a special episode uh, recorded on Zoom with Mr. Thompson, so I hope you guys enjoy and give it a listen. Yeah, no, and uh, it's funny you mention that because uh, even my daughter right now, she's a, a junior. She's uh, she's about to uh, get her driver's license and a car and uh, and I was telling her the other day as a junior, um, that's when I got my first job, high school job and, um, paid my own gas. And, um, I was playing, uh, baseball cross country. Um, so I was, you know, I was going to school and then going to sports and then working in the evening. Um, I went to a pretty good, uh, Catholic high school, um, pretty academically oriented. So. Uh, I was taking some um, some challenging classes, but uh, I felt good. I had a 3.0. I was mostly a B student in uh, high school and uh, even C's. I even got C's in my Spanish classes. I wasn't even a, a great Spanish student, but um, a B for me back then, I felt great with it. Everything I was doing, uh, working, playing sports, um, and I had a really good social life even. Um, so... Uh, I kind of uh, I kind of feel for the kids these days, my students and my daughter that are you know like juniors or seniors and overwhelmed with uh, honors classes and getting into college and and um, and then you know playing the video you know the technology and all these other distractions and um, I was just a pretty simple uh, I thought it was normal to work, play sports and. Um, and um, get decent grades. That was just kind of who I was. So never got into trouble. Um, my grandmother basically raised me. My uh, father, uh, my mother, they divorced when I was little. I went to live with my father. He had some substance abuse issues. So my grandmother raised me. And um, I had as much freedom really as I wanted, even at, even at a young age. But I was always responsible where I'd go out and, and do my own thing, but come home follow her rules, never give her a reason to question me. So I, I thought I had a, a, I had kind of everything. Um, I had fun, but never stupid fun and, uh, and hung out with good people and was in a good environment. So, yeah. What were your favorite things to do back then? Back then? Um, let's see in the high school. Yeah. High school days. Um, we would go to, uh, the, uh, the, the, Student life was amazing We're at the high school I was at. So we, we'd go to all the sporting games. We'd go to basketball games. We'd go to football games, track events. Um, so I grew up in San Francisco. Um, so my whole life was like in a radius, like a very small radius. The grammar school I went to was 10 minutes from my home, one direction. The high school I went to was 10 minutes the other direction. And then I ended up going to the University of San Francisco, which was like 10 minutes from my house the other direction. So um, all my friends were close by, so I, could, I hung out with them all the time. Um, and um, back then, you know, I lived across the street from uh, the park and uh, five minutes from the beach. So we were always at the beach or at sporting events or playing sports or, um, or just doing things around San Francisco. So... Like I said, I hung out with a diverse crowd. Um, even though I went to I went to a school that was mainly uh, like maybe upper middle class, um, but I hung out with um, 
Spanish speaking kids. That's kind of how I got exposed to Spanish. Uh, I basically hung out with kids that liked all kinds of music, all races. Uh, in San Francisco, it's so diverse anyways that you almost don't have a choice. Um, so, I mean, I was always going somewhere. I was rarely home. Um, and I guess apparently nothing's changed because I'm still only home now because it's Zoom. But other than that, I'm driving around Temecula doing DoorDash deliveries or taking my kids somewhere. So, yeah, that was my childhood. What was it Long like? A, what was it like at San Francisco State University? Uh, University of San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay. So they're they're, they're different, but um, uh, so where I grew up in San Francisco, actually, um, uh, San Francisco State. I know we have a lot of uh, we've had uh, students from Lakeside a lot go to San Francisco State. So that's um, that's probably um, that's maybe ten minutes from my house. Um, and um, and that's a that's a great university or a great college, and then I went to the University of San Francisco, which is a, uh, a Catholic college, and the fact that I and it's a pretty hard school to get into, but um, the fact that I even though I only had like a 3.0 GPA, the fact that I went to a Catholic high school, and a lot of students from my high school went to that college, it kind of helped me out. But um, no, when I um, college was great, I um, I. Uh, I majored, I went in as a psychology major, then a business major, and not until junior year. Junior year, I did a complete turnaround. I changed my major to um, English and Spanish. And I had to take like six classes a semester plus summer school, and I still finished a double major uh, and got out of there in four years. Um, I met my wife there, my wife who I'm, you know, still married to my the same wife, and um, she came from Southern California. She grew up in Ramona, California. We met in college. Um, I was a sophomore. She was a freshman. Um, so I met her as a sophomore, and, and that was the only girlfriend or person I, I girl I've been with since then. And um, so, no college was a blast. Also, a lot of my friends from high school. The high school I went to, it was kind of like you either went to um, Berkeley, Stanford, University of San Francisco, or you went like somewhere else far away that was really good. Um, so uh, college was great. What, what caused uh, you to change your major, the yeah, English it's, Spanish? Um, it's just my skill set. Like, to be honest, when I went into college, you had to declare a major for that university. I, I, I guess you still have to for any university college. But uh, I picked psychology because everyone did that. who didn't know what they wanted to do. And um, I, I remember sitting in a class, or I had to take statistics. I'm awful at math. I thought psychology was all just thinking and analyzing and I could not, I took the same statistics class two years in a row and did not pass and said, I'm not going to do this. And then I went to business because I thought business would be cool, international business, um, traveling. And then I realized in business, you have to take micro and macroeconomics. And again, I, I didn't do well in those two classes. And I said, what am I going to do? And I had taken a couple of um, Spanish and English classes and I realized that I guess my side of the brain, I'm left-handed. Maybe my, the other side of the brain is the creativity and and artistic expression and stuff. And I I was still hanging out with friends that spoke Spanish, and um, I realized, wait, um, I can make a career out of this. Um, I love reading books. I love languages. I love writing, reading, um, and I had some great professors in those subject areas, Spanish and English, and. Um, after uh, hanging out with them and, and seeing, like, kind of admiring them, 
I said, I'd love to be a teacher in one of these two uh, areas. Yeah. Did you grow up speaking Spanish or did you, is that something you learned on later on? That is something I learned. Like I, I said, uh, in high school, I took four years and uh, I remember I was, it was all workbooks and uh, cassette tapes. Nothing that I do now, you know, so uh, that's partly why, how I teach how I do now because I learned through a workbook and cassettes and I was awful. My pronunciation was bad. Um, but I took four years, so I, I still kind of understood the, the basics, the grammar and the structure. And then I, uh, in college, like I met my wife, who's Mexican, and started hanging out with more Spanish speakers. I had jobs where I was actually, uh, you know, working in restaurants in the kitchen, and I was the only person that um, was not Hispanic. And uh, my Spanish just took off. Like I said, my um, sophomore year, I had my best friend, uh, my best man at my wedding. From Mexico, he started taking me on trips um, during the summer Christmas, and I just became so good at it and um, had great professors, and I realized, um, yeah, even a guy with the last name of Thompson could probably end up becoming a Spanish teacher. Is Spanish the but, Spanish and English the only language you know, or do you know any other languages? Uh, it's funny, because I'm, I'm actually, in my background, um, I have Portuguese and uh, Italian in me, and English. But nothing, no uh, Hispanic uh, ethnicity. But um, I studied in Spain my uh, junior year. That also helped me. I studied in Spain my junior year in college, but I spent time in Italy and Portugal. Um, and and it was easy for me, already knowing Spanish, to pick up on those languages. So I'd say that I, I'm probably 50% at understanding uh, Italian and Portuguese. Maybe only... 20% at speaking them, but I can understand them. And, um, and someday that's actually one of my goals, maybe, is to become fluent in those languages as well. What did becoming a teacher look like for you? Like, what was your first year of teaching like, and, and where were you at? Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting story. I um, I told you I double majored in Spanish and English, and I love reading. Um, I, I When I was taking English classes, I had, like I said, I had to catch up quickly. So I was reading six novels at a time. My junior and senior year was all English or Spanish classes. I was always reading. I'd go to cafes in San Francisco. I'd have four or five different books, and I'd spend a half an hour on each. I would just read and read. And I wanted to be an English teacher. That was actually my goal. Um, I applied for a job as an English teacher, and um, I didn't get that job. Um, but... I actually applied at the high school that I went to. I didn't get that job. They passed my application to the other um, schools, other Catholic schools. And the rival school, one of the rival schools that I didn't go to, they actually needed a Spanish teacher. And they saw on my application that I was a double major. They called me for an interview in Spanish. And I got the job as a 23-year-old. Um, no experience. I was actually still in my uh, education program at the University of San Francisco. They were uh, desperate. It was a couple weeks before the school was going to start. I had no idea that I was going to teach Spanish, how to teach Spanish. I had no experience, but I got the job. It was an all-boys Catholic high school. Um, and uh, basically, they threw me in the fire. And I had some people there to support me. But um, that first year was a lot of hard knocks. Um trial and error. Um, it probably took me uh, not until my third year where I actually felt like I could breathe and relax. So I definitely put in my dues those first two years, but 
you know, I worked my hardest at it um, and, and I survived and um, learned just valuable lessons. So how did, how you, did you end up here at Lakeside? Uh, Lakeside. Okay. Um, so my, um, my, I told you my wife was from Southern California and I'm from up in San Francisco. Um, we got married there and um, she was pregnant and we realized in San Francisco uh, we were paying this is uh, 17 years ago. We were paying $1,400 for a little studio, um, $1,400 17 years ago. And we realized we, uh, we just, we couldn't afford anything there. And um, we decided to kind of look down here where she's from. And um, she had relatives in Temecula where I live right now. And so we looked out here and we found a nice house. We were still living there, but we found the house. So I had to look for the job. So um, I found a job in Riverside uh, Poly High School in Riverside. So I was commuting there my first uh, year here. And the lady that uh, hired me there actually ended up becoming Lakeside's first principal. And when the school opened, she, uh, she basically uh, took me from there to Lakeside, said, I, I'm going to need Spanish teachers. And for me, it cut my commute in half. And it would be, it was just sounded great to uh, work at a brand new school and build a build from ground zero and so i jumped on that and um so here uh 16 years later i'm at lakeside what was the school like when you first came here um yeah when i first came here um i was in the the first year i was in the 300 building and and that was the only year i've been there and it was only two grade levels um and again i had come from uh it was um it was a little challenging, um, just the uh, some of the issues that existed at Lakeside that first year. And uh, I was also teaching native speakers Spanish. And then it was kind of my schedule was really weird. I would have I had native speakers first period. And so those are those are Hispanic kids that um, that know Spanish fairly well, but they need to work on their reading and writing. And then second period, I had Spanish. I think I had Spanish one. So those are mostly um mostly non-Hispanic kids that don't know any Spanish. And then I'd have native speakers again, then I had Spanish too. So like I was just all day, it was just a different group of people. And, and one, and I have to speak entirely in Spanish one period. And then uh, mostly in English teaching from the beginning, the next period. So uh, it was a little, uh, my schedule was chaotic. I was also um, coaching baseball and um, I was also getting my master's. So um, all of those things, I remember my first year at Lakeside was probably, um, other than my first year in teaching, my first year at Lakeside was probably the most stressful, trying to like handle a bunch of stuff. And, you know, a new school like we were then, no one had the answers to everything. So, you know, discipline issues or um, there was just uh, a lot that other than teaching that, you know, we we're trying to, to work out as well. Um, but, and that's why, you know, coaching was great. I would, um, at least, you know, I always liked coaching because no matter how the day went, you know, in class, you uh, leave that all behind and you go out, you know, baseball, Braden knows that, baseball. Like when you go out and play baseball or any sport after school, like all your worries are gone and you're just enjoying like something you love. Yeah. What was baseball like uh, when the school first opened? Oh, God, it was kind of a mess, to be honest with you. Uh that first year, um, I was, we had two teams and, uh, I was the, uh, I was the, I'm trying to remember, I was the, uh, head coach of the, uh, I guess it was Frost Soft team. 
And um, but um, you know, we only had two grade le- grade levels that year. We didn't have um, so we were competing against schools that have four grade levels. So we were getting our butts kicked a lot. And uh, so that was hard for the student, you know, the players to, to go through a year of just of, of not doing well. So it was hard to kind of keep the morale up. And um, um, and then the second year, uh, you know, every year after that was much better. Um, I had so I coached baseball the first three years of Lakeside. Then I took a long break. And then um, a few years later, we had a, an English teacher, um, uh, Mr. Wade who came in and uh, he actually lived in Temecula close to me. So we'd commute to school every day and I coached with him for a year. So I guess I've had two stints uh, coaching baseball, but um, from where we first started, even the facilities, like what you guys have now, it, it, the whole school, like it's the upgraded facilities is tremendous. So, um, um, but I, the, the program under coach Flannery and coach Wade and the other coaches that came after me just, uh, it's evolved tremendously 16 years. What caused you to stop coaching? Uh, to be honest, my, uh, my kids, I, you know, my daughter is, uh, she's going to turn 17 uh, soon. And my son is now 13. They were really young when I coached, you know, so it's easy coaching uh, when, um, you know, your kids are either asleep when you get home or they don't really miss you that much. Or but when they got older um, and they started doing activities, it was hard for me to um, to justify, you know, like um, being at Lakeside coaching instead of coaching my own kids or being there to see their practices. Um, so, I mean, I admire. We have a lot of coaches at Lakeside who uh, who, who coach and uh, and make that sacrifice that they miss out on time with their kids. And for me, it was just so hard. Uh, I'd come home late, you know, especially on game days. You get home at eight o'clock at night and. Your kids are already asleep. You don't you don't see them the whole day, and it was just hard for me, so I had to give it up. But On a level. maybe I might come back. You know, Coach Flannery Flannery has me come out there once in a while, so maybe they go off to college, and I'm kind of at home and and miss it and come back. Yeah. On a broader level, outside of just baseball, how has Lakeside as a whole changed in the time that you've been here? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. I think, um, I think as a whole, the, the, the um, I think the um, reputation or the, uh, the expectation, like, I think we've become um, like academics has definitely, um, I think the expectation um, just, well, for one, like, like you mentioned how we think were things at the beginning of Lakeside. Um, I don't think the expectation or uh, any more that, you know, kids come to school and it's just like a a fun time or they can kind of goof around or goof off. I think at the beginning of Lakeside, there was a lot of that and it almost kind of became, uh, you'd see it all the time and other kids would kind of buy into it and, and now I think the expectation of Lakeside is that the teachers from the teachers, the administration, even the students themselves, we're here like to learn, you know, to grow academically, you know, and uh, socially, like the people are coming there uh, mostly for the right reasons and the, you know, and, um, and doing what they need to do to improve themselves and to get to college. Um, and, and I think the teachers, the administration, the clubs we have, the student leadership that we have 
has like grown so much that now it's an expectation that um, when you come to Lakeside, um, this is how you're supposed to act. And this is what you should get out of this school. Um, and, and if you don't, you know, you're going to kind of look down upon or you're going to kind of like people are going to want to join in with you. And it wasn't always like that at Lakeside. What do you enjoy so much about Lakeside? Um, I enjoy uh, a few things. You know, I enjoy the uh, camaraderie I have with um, other teachers. Um, you know, I'm in the upper 600 building, uh, and all those teachers are fabulous. But all the teachers at Lakeside are great. You know, uh, I have little conversations with, with them throughout the day. I love the uh, the students. Uh, like I said, I've taught at schools or I've been at schools where um, there's almost a sense of entitlement uh, from the kids. And I feel at Lakeside, everyone's just genuine like just hardworking and genuine and um and i have great conversations with the students i love um students coming into my room before school or staying at lunch um so i think the interactions with uh the students and the faculty uh, and that's what i miss you know being at home on online learning i tell the students um, i'm not seeing the best of you obviously like you're probably a much better student than from what I see through the assignments you submit, and you're not seeing the best of me. Like I'm a much more dynamic, vibrant teacher in the classroom. So I miss, I miss like just the, uh, the camaraderie and the, uh, just the energy that Lakeside students and faculty always bring to class every day. Do you see yourself staying at Lakeside for the rest of your teaching career? Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a homebot. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm in it for the long haul. Like. Like I said, I, San Francisco, I lived in one area. I've been in this house. You know, my wife always says we should refinance or move somewhere else. And I just like, I, if something is not broken, I don't fix it. And, uh, I love, I love, uh, Lakeside. I love it. Lakeside, the great thing for me is that, um, uh, I'm given, I mean, probably other teachers feel this way also. There's, you're given a lot of freedom and creativity in what you teach and how you teach. Um, uh, and other schools, I've worked at uh, three high schools now. One of them, I was told, uh, this is how you have to, this is what you need to teach from, this manual. This is what the kids have to know. And it wasn't fun teaching that way. And at Lakeside, I could be creative. I can um, do the lessons I want. Um, and so, no, I love Lakeside. Um, half of the clothes in my closet are green and gold or even black that say Lakeside. So I could see myself at Lakeside for the rest of my career. How has this online situation um, affected your teaching? Yeah, it's, um, you know, uh, uh, a lot. Like I probably half of the things I do in class, you know, I do a lot of uh, games. Well, I do a lot of activities, uh, you know, that especially in Spanish one, just building up vocabulary like bingo or uh, charades or Simon Says. Uh, but uh, we also do a lot of the other thing is we do a lot of in Spanish, we do a lot of uh, group work, dialogues and interaction. And, and that's important for, you know, a language. You have to use it on other people, speak with other people, communicate. Um, so that's the biggest thing, I think, is that um, because I try to teach Spanish, not only Spanish, but communication. Like I use Spanish to help kids also learn how to become more confident, public speaking not be, uh, not have as much social anxiety um, because that's going to help them in other classes. It's going to help them in college, getting a job, 
Um, and so it's really hard for me online when I, you know, I have my Zoom meetings and kids don't turn on their camera and, um, and or don't speak. And um, they still get my lesson. I post my lesson, but it, it's just not, I say it's maybe 50% as effective as if I could actually do it with them in class. So that's what I mean when I say I'm not getting the best of the kids and they're not getting the best of me. We're all just trying to do the best we can and um, hopefully regroup soon and be back soon and get back to my old ways. Okay, you know, this is special because I'm, I'm one of the, uh, it's funny, I'm uh, in my classroom, I'm like the most uh, outgoing, talkative person, but whenever they ask me to do a rally, like, hey, Mr. Thompson, will you be in a rally? I always say no, or Mr. Thompson, we're doing a dance at a rally, or I just like, it's funny, like, I'm, I'm, I would get so nervous to go in front of the whole school, um, but I know the whole school is going to see this, so um, it's hard to say no to Mr. Flannery, and um, I realized even me, you know, that's one thing, uh, you asked about online learning, I'm like the least technological person, you know, at Lakeside. I was one of two teachers still using the old projector when everyone else was using an Elmo. Um, and um, so for online learning, I had never done a Zoom meeting. I had never um, uh, done uh, all these things and now I know how to do them. And finally, after weeks of doing Zoom meetings and talking to a screen, I feel comfortable enough where I said, okay, I'll do a uh, podcast. So um, this is probably my in 16 years at Lakeside, my, my biggest appearance. So that's something that uh, you, we've all learned how to, how to cope with this. And then that's one skill I've learned from this, how to be more, uh, more modern. So you said you played baseball in high school. What positions did you play? I am, uh, let's see if you can guess. I'm five foot six and a half. So what positions could I play at five foot six and a half? Uh, well, what do you throw, right or left? Okay, well, that yeah, that's the other part. I'm left-handed. Outfield, uh, you could pitch. That's about it, right? So yeah. you could pitch and you can play the outfield. And to play outfield, uh, center field, you have to be fast. So I wasn't fast, but I had a good arm. So I played uh, right field or left field, and I pitched. Okay. And um, I was pretty good in uh, high school. Uh you know, I hit like 84 miles an hour, and I had a pretty good curveball and changeup. But um, you know, uh, back then, especially it, at five, you know, just your height, right? Yeah. Colleges, when if you're to be a pitcher and you're five six and you throw uh, low 80s, that kind of my uh, opportunities ended there. Was so, your high school team good? Uh, yeah, we were in a we were in a good league. We were actually in a league in Northern California, uh, the same league where, uh, for example, Barry Bonds had gone to one of the high schools there, and Tom Brady went to uh, one of the high schools in our league. So our league was really good. Um, our school was middle of the pack, which was still pretty competitive. Um, but again, yeah, the, it was it was a great experience. I played four years and realized I wasn't going to go anywhere with it, and um, and but you never know like then i ended up coaching it right in high school so i still have that passion for it do you have a favorite team uh the giants oh yes <laughs> not the dodgers the giants sorry <laughs> but 
Let's not talk sports. If I start talking sports and I get into fantasy sports and then this, then I talk for an hour about stuff that bores most people. How is your fantasy team? You got a good one? Uh, for baseball or football? For any baseball, football. What's your so, football team? That's another good thing about COVID. Well, uh, I was in fantasy baseball and football for like the last 10 years. And um, this year with baseball and the, and the shortened season and everything, I, I didn't do fantasy baseball for the first time in 10 years. And I finally realized that my wife was right when she said, that takes up all your time and you don't give us enough attention. Not doing fantasy baseball, watching all the games and getting on my phone all the time for updates. I actually realized like, yeah, I, I had a lot more time for other things. So I didn't do fantasy baseball. I did do fantasy football. And that was fun, but um, I, I did realize that um, I'm probably going to do one of the two in the future. Has COVID given you uh, more opportunities to spend more time with your family? It did, yeah. And that's uh, and that was one of the, uh, you know, I know COVID's been bad for so many families, like losing people, losing work. Um, and um, so I've tried to, like, focus on the positive for, for my family and myself. And um, So you taught at both... Um uh religious schools and uh so private schools and public schools uh which yeah. one do you prefer um they're, they're they're they all they have their they both they both have their great things and then uh, you know the, the upsides and downsides um at the uh you know it was fun at the religious school i we would start every class with a prayer and um you kind of felt that spirituality um, and even at Lake, you know, even like at Lakeside, there's a lot of spiritual kids. So it's just that, um, you know, obviously in a public school, I'm not, we're not going to uh, put our, whatever our religious belief is on, on the class. But it, when I taught at a Catholic school, that was the expectation that you prayed every class. And then, um, you know, when, when um, something came up, some kind of a negative issue, like there was uh, like 9-11 attacks. I remember uh, that was my... I think that was my second year in teaching and the 9-11 attacks. I was in first period. Um, and, you know, we would pray. You know, we prayed for that and had, like, services for that. So that was a nice element, uh, not only going to work to educate, um, like, give information and, and teach my subject area, but also deal with uh, a, the student's spiritual, spirituality. Um, so that was a good aspect. But um, – and then – you know, we don't, we don't, I don't have that in public schools, but then in public schools, I, there's other things that I really enjoy that I didn't have at private schools. Like I mentioned, sometimes at the private school, um, there's more sense of entitlement. Obviously, the kids to go there may come from a higher uh, economic standing. And so I didn't deal with some of the, uh, the, uh, the kids that I might deal with at Lakeside, kids that don't have the like economic resources, but really work hard. And um, and so I'm encouraging them to look for ways to achieve their goals. So um, they're both different, but there's like there's joy in both of those uh, different kinds of institutions. Um, are any of your kids involved in sports of any sort? And if so, do they play any of the sports that you did as a kid? OK, uh, so my daughter, uh, so um, she's not she never really played sports. She tried softball like in fourth grade and never really in the sport. So I was proud of her. Her first year in high school, she joined um, track and field and did the long jump. Um, and 
And, you know, since she had never done it, every meet she, she made progress and was happy with that. She also did cheer, uh, which was also great for me because she was always kind of quiet and shy. So when she got to Linfield, she made friends and she kind of did the same things. Her, one of her friends was in track. Another friend was in cheer. So she joined cheer and, um, and she really loved that. Um, and so uh, she, since then, she's given up track, but she stuck with cheer. So she's a junior. She loves cheer. She doesn't play any sports, but she cheers at the events. Um, and then my son, who is currently in seventh grade, um, he's a real like husky little kid. Um, he did uh, football. Um, uh, he played football as the center. And um, this year, he's probably not going to play. They just went back recently, and um, he just uh, fortunately he got really hooked on video games during quarantine and. He just, uh, he's not feeling playing football this year, but um, he has the body for it and the attitude for it. So hopefully next year we'll get him back in that. So none play really the sports I played, um, but they're, you know, I, and I've learned that, like I'm trying not to push that on them. My son, he loves cooking. So he loves cooking. Um, so when he, on his free time, he watches Chef Ramsey videos and he makes recipes. Um, so even though athletics are not what he's into right now, at least he's into something. And then my daughter's in the chair and, um, and she's taking some AP classes and she's about to get her driver's license and looking for colleges. So she's super busy. So I try to just stay, stand back and see what they like to do. And they know I'm here if they need anything, but I, I just kind of sit back and let them discover what they like for themselves. So you said your uh, daughter is a junior in high school. What grade is your yeah. son in? My son is in seventh grade, and, um, and so they're at Linfield. Linfield goes K through uh, 12. So my son, when my daughter went to high school at Linfield uh, three years ago, he was in third grade at the Catholic school, but we just moved him with her to Linfield. So they're both there. He'll be in eighth grade next year, and she'll be a senior. And then, Does your daughter have – Go ahead. Okay. Oh, does your daughter have, uh, what are her top schools or what does she want to do as far as a career after high school? She, um, so she loves, it's funny. She, she, she's already like narrowed down her choices, you know, and she's only seen a few colleges, but she loves, um, university of San Francisco where my wife and I went. So she either wants to go to a big city, but, uh, she said, New York is too far away and LA is too crowded. So she likes San Diego or San Francisco, but then she also likes Washington. She um, she loves the rain. You know, we've had rain. Uh, well, we've had rain recently. She loves rainy days, and she she saw a video on Washington, and now um, and she did a virtual tour, and she loves uh, the University of Washington or um, or Oregon. So I'm realizing that um, probably this summer we're gonna have to take some trips to. Uh, to those places for her to narrow it down even further. And as far as what she wants to study, she loves um, criminology, I guess is what you call it. Criminal science. She, her favorite show is criminal minds. And, um, and yours too. Yes. My favorite. Okay. I guess, I don't know. What's, is it on season 17 now? I think. Uh, Oh, it had 15 seasons and that was done. Okay. So she's, um, I think she's done, but I think some still come out on TV. Um, and um, so she loves criminology. She uh, wants to be a, um, 
I think uh, forensics maybe is what she wants to, or either a criminal profiler or forensics. So she's narrowed it down to those two careers and to like three or four different colleges. San Diego State or University of San Diego? Uh, we took a, um, so we went to the University of San Diego uh, a while back and, and walked the campus and she loves that campus. So um, University of San Diego, University of San Francisco, Washington or Oregon. Those are the four most likely choices. And um, she had a, um, yesterday, in fact, or two days ago, she had a um, virtual, I guess these call, a lot of the colleges are doing virtual tours. And she had a session, a virtual session with uh, the students at the University of San Francisco. Um, so I forgot to ask, ask her how that went. But um, right now, um, and hopefully Lakeside students, hopefully you guys are doing that especially juniors, like um, um, looking into colleges and um, you can you can go there and you can uh, organize yourself. You don't need a counselor from Lakeside or a teacher to help you do it. You can just um, arrange a virtual tour yourself if you want. Yep. Okay, so it says you listen to, um, you still listen to hip hop. Do you like the new school hip hop or the old school hip hop? Oh, you read that in my uh, my my survey yesterday. That was what I listened to in high school. Back in oh, high okay. school, like 1992, 1993, MC Hammer, uh, Ice Cube. It was just funny. Ice Cube's still around, you know, and I was listening. I saw Ice Cube in concert and um, a couple other groups. So uh, Beastie Boys, they're still kind of known. So I was listening to it back then, but... Um, that was before I got into the Spanish scene. So now, uh, if now what I listen to now is a lot of Spanish music. Um, Shakira, when I work out, I like that fast Spanish music that makes me move. So, uh, Spanish music or, um, um, yeah, probably not hip hop, like new stuff. I don't really listen to too much. In fact, my, my kids will were in the car. They say, put on 99.1 and I can, probably tolerate a minute or two of some of the songs and then I switch it back. So you remember in class, Braden, when uh, students were working, I'd say, I'd ask for student requests to put on music. Yeah. And um, I think you were in the class. I'd get some requests and I'd play some music and I'd say, whoa, what? I can't even understand that. And that's not music to work to. That's too loud and crazy and I'd have to turn it off. So um, no, I don't really listen to uh, the, 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 the rap and hip hop uh, these days, unfortunately, I'm more into Spanish music. Do your kids speak Spanish? My kids, uh, my kids, uh, my daughter is in Spanish three in high school, and um, uh, they speak uh, not perfect Spanish. Like um, you know, unfortunately, I come home, and uh, that's a lot of a lot of uh, second, third generation um, Hispanic students these days, right? They come home and. Pretty much everyone speaks Spanish in the household, even though the parents might speak Spanish. I mean, everyone speaks English when they're at home just because it's what you're used to doing all day. And so the kids don't always learn like proper Spanish or complete Spanish. So my kids know fragments. They understand a lot, but they're definitely not fluent. So they're better than I was at their age when I was young. But considering that I'm a Spanish teacher and my wife is 100% uh, Mexican, uh, they should know more Spanish than they do. But Rowan or Braden, what are your plans for college? <laughs> um, so <laughs> what I'm thinking right now is I'm going to probably attend a two-year, probably MSJC, RCC, and then after those two years, transfer over to a four-year. Okay. That's my plan right now. 
is baseball in your future perhaps or oh maybe we'll see depends on what school looks like um so it looks like i will be hopefully going to the naval academy um and my number two is columbia right now um but my number one is the naval academy um so hopefully i'll be heading there in july but that's they speak spanish in columbia but you took french Columbia University. I, I'm joking. I'm joking. I have a sense of humor. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, great choices. We can move to student question three from ASB, from one cool. student. Oh, I didn't know I was going to have student questions. That's great. Okay. You were actually requested by students to come on this. So. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, students that requested me. Um. So from our ASB class, a student asked, Mr. Thompson, are you upset with me leaving your Spanish 3 class, which is from Miss Leah Register? Who is it from? Leah. I, that's what I was, when you mentioned that, I was thinking that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she took my class here first semester virtually, and then um, and then second semester, it, I, it took me a few days. I thought she was just um, going, I thought she was absent the first few days of the class, and then I, I said, wait, she's not on my roster, and um, I found out, Leah, I found out from um, um, Leslie, right, that Leah had to um, take another class this second semester. So that's, an, uh, that's one of the things of uh, also teaching virtually. Uh, um, when, you, when someone is gone, you just don't know it and you don't get a chance to say goodbye. And uh, it's not like at Lakeside, they can still walk into your classroom and say, hey, Mr. Thompson, I'm not with you this semester, but, I, but whatever. So, um, yeah, Leah, I do miss you. I'm not upset because you're doing what's best for you, which is most important. And um, I hope that uh, if we come back to school in April, that you stop by and say hello. Okay, and then another one. What Russian words have you learned? That's from Leah also, huh? Yeah, all three of them are from her. Okay, I have not learned any more Russian words because she was teaching me and she's not in my class anymore, so... I only, but I do, I try to know in, in as many languages as possible. I always try to know a few words. So if you ever come across someone in that language, you can at least start a conversation. So, uh, Leah, my answer to you is, uh, which means no, nothing. I know no new words yet. Uh, and then finally, what is your favorite part about teaching Spanish? Uh, my favorite part of teaching Spanish is that I um, can be uh, goofy. I can uh, I can be silly and do fun games because they're still educational. Um, so I can I can teach the content and still have a great time doing it. So you know that saying, "Do something you love and you never work a day in your life." I really feel like uh, when I teach Spanish, I'm doing something I love, and it's it doesn't. On the great days when, like, uh, when the students are having fun and, and entertained and learning, and so am I, it almost doesn't seem like work. Like, it, it seems like it was just a fun day, and yet it was productive. All right. Thank you, Mr. Thompson, for coming on and sharing some stories with us. Me and the students greatly appreciate you. Yeah, no, definitely, guys. And I just want to say to, uh, to all the students, the ones that have had me before, uh, and all the students, uh, when we do come back to school, um, uh, those of you remember that I taught last year and then the year we we never came back after spring break because of COVID and the students that I'm teaching virtually this year, um, please come by and say hi to me when we come back. I mean, I miss all of you and I'd like to uh, see you in person. 
And, um, and so please stop by at some point and, and just check in with me. All right. I'd love to uh, see you and talk to you a little bit. Okay. So thank you guys for having me on as well. Make sure you guys drop us a follow on Instagram and Spotify at High School Transcript. And be sure to keep an eye out for our new episodes as they're released every Wednesday and Sunday. See you guys next time.